Hi, welcome to the Shabby and Man podcast. Now, before we start, I just thought I'd tell you that before Shabby gets here, that, um, you know, I thought I'd have to crowdfund or send out begging letters, but in the kitchen, I found this jar which said Kids Education Fund. So here I am with the mic. Okay, she's coming. Time to start. Welcome to the Shabby and Man podcast. Uh, we're partners, we're parents, we're broadcasters, podcasters, and this week we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about food. Now, Shabby, you're quite a foodie. I, I mean, I know that. I, I live with you, so I know you're quite a foodie. But um, you've actually made it um, part of your life as well. You're doing food walks, showing people about parts of East London. And I thought your next book that's coming out is a, is a foodie book, isn't it? It is. And actually, I have to say this. Instagram has played a very big part in me, not just enjoying making my food, eating food, serving people food, but also photographing food. So that's that's a newfound uh, interest. But yeah, my second book... I, I believe there's a special way to photograph food. You're supposed to stand on the table, put your phone upwards, or is that just myth? No, I try my best to make it look good. Uh, but yeah, it is a huge part of my life. And I have to say, it is something which has become a big part of my life only after I've That's moved it. to London. You know that food that you put up on Instagram? Huh. Who eats that food? Because we don't get to see it, do we? Yeah, I eat it myself. I eat it all myself. And then serve you fish and chips every I day. Maybe you have this double life or something. Yeah, I do. So, food has become a big part of my life only since I moved to London. But But I wasn't so passionate about food. I didn't live for food. Now, I have to say that after broadcasting, if you ask me what my next passion is, it has to be food. And that is because... I can't, I can't get over that. For me, going back to India, it's, it's food, food, food for me. All I see there is... Just, when I say see, see, smell, feel, it's all food. No, but that's exactly what it is. You you don't think of it as something that needs to be photographed and talked about and written about. That culture, even in India, has come only from here. All your big superstar food writers, TV chefs, you know, all of them. It was only after they made inroads into India via satellite TV that I believe this revolution of having their own MasterChef series. In fact, one of your best friends hosts uh, MasterChef India, right? Let's not go there. Well, he didn't host it. He uh, took part in it, I He think. took part in it, Maybe yeah. he hosted it. So, so, yeah, so it's only... C- celebrity it's, celebrity MasterChef. Yeah, it's gone. It's, it's a extremely western trend because earlier on growing up I only the only one name that comes to mind is Tarla Dalal Tarla Dalal is the only lady we knew who was the renowned chef but now of course there's a chef in every street corner even in India I believe so I think my love of food started only after I I moved here but forget about me tell me you are the one who actually has a degree in hotel management so I would expect you to be a foodie you mean us hot cats by the way hot cat hotel Catering, hot cats was like, you know, what they used to call us, I think. How? Why did you get into catering and what made you get into broadcasting after that? <laughs> That's a loaded question. I was no good as a chef, so I went into broadcasting. I, I never went to the chefy side, by the way. I went to uh, hotel side. So I worked in some rather nice establishments on the Strand. And um, I watched an episode of Lovejoy and then I was into the world of antiques. And next thing I know, I was in India. A lot of my friends did go and work for household names. I went to the, um, the hotel management side working in the Strand and all. But um, so there were these guys working for, you know, um, Raymond Blanc, the Rue brothers, Michel and Albert Rue. I think um, Michel Rue Jr., who does MasterChef now, is... Um, yeah, I, I met him at a... At he a did, yeah. Marcus Waring and all these guys, yeah. 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 And I ended up working, uh, living on top of a dhaba mm-hmm. and a tea stall. Actually, it was a tea stall I lived on top of and the dhaba was opposite me. A little village in Delhi and that was um, great fun as well. You know how it is in India? That, um, first of all, you have to leave your pretensions behind. So I've, I might have eaten some wonderful establishments, but I also used to eat every night in this daba. And first of all, you don't ask for a menu. 
you just look at the guy and say menu sana and that's it you know so would he just tell you the daily specials or would he know the the entire menu uh, by heart and that guy would you know just rattle off he you know said tandoori chicken he call me sir first sir tandoori chicken chicken tikka kare chicken tikka chicken chicken masala chicken curry chicken fry chicken yeah chicken lollipop mm. curry ke sath gravy you know he's like oh, this guy's westernized i'll say gravy curry ke sath chicken chicken kebab chicken yeah chicken chicken do pyaza you know the whole list the like chicken cream chicken all coming back to me now yeah. chicken special yeah. uh, chicken special <laughs> was basically whatever <laughs> was left from yesterday and of course there was then you know that pride and joy the mughlai special mm. and being punjabi it was butter chicken for me i already knew what i wanted mm. but i just like to hear him you know said stuff yeah i actually <coughs> remember from those delhi days before we were married i used to read about you in the papers a lot about you being at this restaurant that nightclub here there eating you know giving your uh, views on what you thought of this grill and that shami kebab and sheik kebab so chalo kam se kam shaadi karne se kuch to fayda hoga khana to acha milega Actually you know what more than restaurants I think the food scene in India has changed dramatically in the last 15 years when it comes to cafes you remember back then there was no concept of a cafe there was no place to hang out as it were but this whole Starbucks and Costa and Nero and all these chains no, now they slowly made their I think way. when we left the they had started coming in it started but there were very few there were just your India yeah, coffee yeah, house and you know, the iconic ones where people would journals oh, would sit and they've been around for years know, yeah not those i'm talking about chains, chains franchises yeah, yeah. that have only come in the last like 10 years not even 15 10 years and tell me what is it about food that you find fascinating i'll tell you what it is that i find fascinating i, I suppose because i spent so many years living in india in different different cities and mm. tasting the various because it's very regional mm. you get lovely food in uh, up delhi is a very foody place mm. you know i've grown up with butter chicken especially street food i mean you can't beat delhi street food i feel i i also love it i think only thing which i wasn't a great fan of which every punjabi i know is a great fan of is um, rajma chawal hmm. i'm just somehow not a great chawal eater hmm. i like my pulkas or rotis yeah. or naans or i like naans and all for me you know i think the fascination also lies in um, the way food is written about because especially the chefs here i fell in love with food in a big way when i discovered nigella lawson because nigella lawson she could describe a bowl of mud in a way that you would want to lick it clean and i do feel that food is intricately related to one's heritage one's culture and food memories are the best because if you taste something which takes you back to your childhood takes you back to your grandmother's kitchen or your mother's kitchen or something that you've tasted at an important date or for instance we bonded big time over food you and i we dated for years over our weekend breakfast when we finished it was such a big ritual for us food brings back so many memories and therefore i feel that it's it's dormant in everybody i mean everybody loves good food and everybody is nostalgic about certain kinds of food i'm just a kebabi kind of guy i love butter chicken i love naans i love chicken tikka you basically a punjabi maybe what you mean the whiskey and water thing the whiskey and water thing no i like soda actually i say um i'm a meat eater but i love vegetarian food as well especially indian vegetarian food you know you can give me chole bhature and um, south indian food i can give me dosas and idlis all day long i'm a bengali so i'm supposed to be a fish lover by default but that's where even i'm completely different uh, fish is my last preference out of all the things that i eat and but you must more. eat fish for good uh, good eyes what would be your favorite comfort food my favorite comfort food would probably be it's going to be a mixture you know i like mash pine mash very english i like a full english breakfast mm. but at the same time also like chole bhature a lot as well yeah. with a glass me, of lassi 
Did you say lassi? Yeah. See, that's another thing you love and I absolutely detest. You don't like malai on uh, anything, do you? I don't like malai I at love. all. How can you not have ras malai? Although ras malai essentially is not malai. I know, I know. But I don't like ras malai. I don't like uh, kheer, that thick set uh, Actually, kheer. that's what I was thinking of. I was thinking of kheer, rabri. Rabri, rabri I don't I like that at all. I've never liked it. Comfort food has to be something which... I also have the comfort of not making. I have the comfort of being served. So it is invariably something that my oh, mom you makes. Mean. There's this lovely urad dal that my mother makes with muli. I haven't had that dal anywhere else. And my mom makes the best in the world. Or tomato chutney, which my I've learned, I think it's my grandmother's recipe that my mother's taught me. So these little things which, you know, I associate with my childhood. And sorry, I, are, these all, are these all coming out in your book? No, I no, suppose sorry, so. Because talking about food. I what guess, is a yeah. food book without a few stories here and there? You have to put in recipes that mean something to you, that take you to a special place. I was going to say, one of the things that uh, you're known for, I think, is doing those food walks that you do. I do actually and I enjoy it so much. I'm so grateful for, to this friend of mine who suggested that I combine my my storytelling with a bit of a heritage walk. How much have you taken it? So I'll food walk with them if you're willing to pay the big bucks. Yeah, just like we have different tastes in music, in books, the things we do in life. I thought this is a good opportunity to tell you that um, we have quite different tastes in food as well. Like, um, how do you have baked beans cold? You know, it's like baked beans, Weetabix, hot, hot, hot. I love them cold. Maybe because I grew up in a tropical country. It's so hot there anyway. You want to have food that makes you cool, keeps you cool. So I've nah. always had beans cold. Next you'll be telling me you put um, bread in the fridge. Oops, I think you do. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Shabby and Man podcast. Please do subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast site. And do feel free to rate us, review us, as this helps others to find us. Till next time. Bye-bye now.